The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Strangers in China is a member of the Seneca Network, powered by SupChina. Hi, you're listening to Strangers in China. This is Cherie. And this is Clay. What do we do here at Strangers in China? We interview people. Who do we interview, though? Outliers, rebels, creatives. Weirdos. Yeah, definitely weirdos. I like that, yeah. Yeah, I I kind of like that, too. I like that. uh... (laughs) What do you think is wrong with coverage on China? They don't f***ing talk to people. And that's what we want to do. Talk to people. (laughs) That's not usable. (laughs) Why? Okay, fine, fine. Maybe it is usable. Okay. Play. Who do we have today? Can I start by just playing a little clip? Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's quite a good show. Yesterday I was doing like a BBC interview. Ooh, interview nice. about comedy, right? And the producer, he's quite nice. He asked me, Storm, we know you're already a funny man. Are you here doing shows in UK? But here's the thing. UK and China are vastly different countries, right? In terms of comedy. Because in UK here, we like to joke about our government, our prime minister. <laughs> the same in China? <laughs> of course it's the same. Because in China we also like to joke about your government. <laughs> and my government allows me to do so. <laughs> Who has more freedom now, mother <laughs> Critique for you guys, not for you guys, but for UK, not like. Everything is pretty nice except for weather, right? Weather's awful. <laughs> It's like a dipshit. It's awful. Like, rainy, humid, very cold. You live here long enough, you want to move. Right? Especially to old people. Now I start to understand colonialism a bit more. And also, like, you ever notice, like, you can only take over a warm place. You ever notice those dictators or, like, miserable people? They all live in cold. Hemisphere, Joe Stalin, Joseph Stalin, Hitler, Queen Victoria. <laughs> okay, so this is Storm Shoot. He is a local comedian here in Shanghai. And this was his first time ever doing comedy in England. And I think he did a pretty good job. Yeah, that was pretty funny and ballsy, I think, to do uh, colonialism and Brexit jokes in London. I mean, yeah, he really has guts and he's starting to really get recognized as one of China's finest. He's not just being featured on our humble little podcast. He's also been featured in the New York Times and on BBC. He's toured all over the place and he's been a staple at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival for four years. So he's Chinese and he's doing stand-up in English. Well, actually, he's funny in Mandarin too. He draws crowds in two languages. (laughs) 
好像最夸张不是，就看刚才有见过有人在电动车前面，这个这个一个大棉袄全都罩住，对不对？越来越大那个棉袄，对不对？从正面看还以为他没穿裤子呢，我操！太太太。Uh, so Sheree, he just told a really hilarious joke. You want to、uh, translate it for us? Nope. I guess they can figure it out on their own. So I was just really interested in talking to Storm because the comedy scene is really growing in China. There are fifteen or sixteen big comedy clubs all over the country in big cities. There's like apparently there's like a Chinese SNL that's coming out. They have like a version of the roast. And Storm is kind of at the center of this because he runs his own comedy club here in Shanghai. Chapter two: The calm before the storm. For comedy, which important is is everyone sitting tightly next to each other. Is everyone looking? Yeah, the room is full and closed, right? So I met up with Storm on like this really shitty rainy day, and we sat down in his comedy club. And it was during the day, right? So it was like completely empty. It was like really cold, and it was really strange to be in a comedy club like when nobody was there. Usually, Chinese audience don't buy lots of drinks. Western audience, whereas. <laughs> Love to drink, Jesus Christ, man! That's a hell of a work to clean up afterwards.、But. And we just kind of started talking about his influences and the comedy scene more broadly in China. So, growing up, who were your influences? Okay,、uh, number one definitely has to be hip hop music as a genre. All my English teachers were Biggie, Tupac, and Wu Tang. That's all my mentors. Yeah, that's all my mentors. Right, cash rules everything around. Hip hop. Sometimes hip hop and comedy can go together somehow because you you both need punchlines. You both need a rhythm. You both need to just improvise, right? And、uh, maybe Michael Jordan. That's the person influenced me a lot. Basically, all of African American. <laughs> you should ask who's the white person that ever influenced. <laughs> My dad is a funny motherfucker. Yeah. yeah. My dad's quite funny. He didn't have a good education, but he's very funny. He、okay. made fun of he made fun of himself. He went through tough situations. He was born in fifties in China.、Yeah. Okay, so he went through lots of horrible, horrible things. People can only imagine, and he still has the courage, right, to laugh. Patrice O'Neill, number one. Bill Burr, number two. Probably. Chris Rock on par with Dave Chappelle, number three. They they tied the bronze medal for me. There was no Chinese comedian, like stand-up comedian, before our era. You know what I'm saying? We are. I'm not saying I am, but we are the first generation who is doing stand-up comedy. You, you know this? There was a crosstalk. Can you tell me what crosstalk is? So crosstalk is Xiangshen. It's literally two people sort of face to face, bantering with each other. It's a very traditional Chinese comedic style. You kind of see it at the Spring Festival giant extravaganza on TV. So it's something that everyone in China grew up watching and knows it as the primary comedic form. So it's it's kind of like an Abbott and Costello kind of vaudeville act. It's a little bit who's on first. It's got a lot of banter. It's got a lot of puns. Yeah, but like, yeah, that was funny sometimes. But that was not stand up. So that's sweet that he references his father. Yeah, isn't it? I really feel like 
you know, with his father's hardships and stuff, like his dad really taught him that resilience that like comedians really need. But I think it's really worth noting that none of his influences are Chinese. So Crosstalk existed. And I don't think he was very inspired by Crosstalk because it's like this very overly structured thing. And it's not really personal. And I think that, you know, he, he relates with like hip hop and he relates with like these comedians in America because they tell really personal jokes. So I think that stand-up is both deeply personal and it's inherently rebellious. Stand-up is meant to be inflammatory and I think that's why Storm is interested in it. So when did Storm get into comedy? So when Storm started out in comedy, he was working as an automobile engineer here in Shanghai. And during that time, in 2013, that's when he decided to get up on stage, go to an open mic and just try it out. So how did he do? By the time I stepped my foot on the stage, I was, I was like, you know, freaking out. Well, apparently he totally bombed his first set. And well, everyone bombs their first set. Yeah, but that didn't keep him from working his ass off and even eventually getting paid for his work. Almost a year into comedy, uh, 2013, Turner Sparks, right? He used to live in Suzhou, okay? He's a show like producer, okay? At the time, it was Bookworm Literary, literary Festival, yes. I'm illiterate now, but Literary Festival, a book festival, whatever, right? That was so, my first like, cons considered pay gig. Yeah, it was good. It was exciting, man. It was like ex exci as exciting as uh, getting like maybe 20,000 for a show now. Yeah. The, the, the same adrenaline like pump, you know, yeah. back then. It was like, you know, hey, finally someone recognized your work, right? So he was brought into it by a Westerner. Yeah, I mean, stand-up from like a Chinese point of view is a Western art form. And the first sort of people who were doing it here in Shanghai were Westerners. Ew, white people. <laughs> what are they doing here? White people are gross and they're terrible. But when stand-up comedy really started to take off back in 2013, stand-up was completely dominated by foreigners. Ew, white people. Here's like the ultimate success though. For anybody who's doing anything creative, but also for comedians especially, he got paid to do comedy and then he got to make it his career. So the last time I quit my job, become unemployed was, <laughs> you really wanna know that, right? The last time I become unemployed was uh, uh, March, 2017, right? I quit my job at GM and I said, no more of that. I'm, I'm tired of that. I'm tired of running errands for other people, okay? And also by the time my comedy was in 2017, two years ago, was okay. And uh, uh, some people know me. I could like uh, produce my own show, could produce shows for other people. I sort of started my own club at a time. So I'm like, yeah, let's, let's you know, take some risks. Let's roll the dice. What did your parents say about you quitting your job? I know I quit my job. Parents gonna be nagging. Yeah. Okay, they gonna be like complaining. Why quit my job? Blah blah blah. So I'm like, yeah, damn, let's move out. And uh, they got nothing to say. So they don't really say nothing. And I only like, cause they are on my WeChat moments. So I only post like, like glorious moments. <laughs> <laughs> The moments I have like 200 people in the audience, everybody's laughing, then they can see they're like, oh, he's doing something right. So for those who don't know, WeChat is just like Facebook. So your parents are on it. And so I think it's kind of cute that he posts these glorious moments so that his parents can see. 
So to be honest, I think his parents are super chill to be very supportive of him and to basically value his happiness and doing something that maybe they don't 100% understand. When he told me that, I was like pretty surprised because I would assume because of other Chinese parents that I know that they would kind of freak out that their kid would be like a stand-up comedian instead of like a respectable engineer or something like that. Am I, is, am I wrong? Well, not if you're making money, to be honest. I think the main goal of Chinese parents is that you are able to sustain yourself as an adult on your own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So two years ago, I started my own comedy club called Comedy UN, Comedy United Nations in Shanghai. And uh, we now doing uh, like running full time English and Mandarin. My job now is consists of two parts, right? Uh, writing jokes for myself as an artist, as a stand-up comedian. Uh, the other job is running the club. If anyone sees the future of stand-up comedy in China, one day that would be Chinese people, Chinese comedians doing, no matter in English or Mandarin, take over the market. And uh, comedy is not only in, uh, exclu- exclusive to British or Americans, right? People... I mean, we all speak English here, but uh, through English, we use our different ritual cultures to, to spread humor. Right? So that's the fun, ultimate like purpose of Comedy UN, Comedy United Nations. So it's cool that he's creating a community in Shanghai for Chinese stand-up comics and foreign comics. I also think he's sort of ameliorating like this imbalance that there was, where it was like foreigners sort of ran the show. Well, I think that in order to produce a show in Mandarin, it needs to be produced by a Chinese person, right? So he's giving people performing in Mandarin an opportunity and a platform to do their work. He wants China to have its own voice in stand-up. Right. And I think Storm is trying to help claim stand-up as also a Chinese art. Because China wasn't ever a place where there was any stand-up. Uh, let me prove to you that's wrong. I don't think China ever going to have a war against Australia, US, or UK. You know why? Because all the rich Chinese government officials are already living there. <laughs> in comedy, Asian people are the hardest working mother****. Okay. In Mandarin scene, right? The comedians I know, they are very, very good. Although they're quite immature, they are like only two years in or three years in, a year in, right? But they are very hardworking. They, 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 they spend a lot of time on thinking, on writing. On, uh, on riffing with each other, on workshopping their jokes, right? That's the, that's a good thing. That's what makes this country build so fast and grow so fast because everyone's constantly working. And that's why. So what he's saying is pretty interesting. I think that's often the theory about how Chinese people innovate. Like we'll take something that's Western and we'll like bring it to the local market and then we'll basically like optimize 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 so basically like work our knuckles to the bone like pushing that form um until we get to the best version yeah and i feel like he kind of obviously wants to root for the home team so to speak but he's not wrong i mean chinese comedians in order to gain that broader notoriety are working in two languages so they are working harder did you ask Storm what it's like to work in two languages? To make people laugh, there are loads of ways to make people laugh, right? To loads of approaches. You, you do self-deprecating joke, right? You, you make fun of political figures, right? Lots of ways. But the fundamental rule is the same, right? You be likable. You use your tools. You tell the truth. They laugh. That's it. 
language just only uh, I would say language is only a transmitter. Okay, it's all about references, comedy. It's all depending on what you see every day, who you are around every day. So that's why Donald Trump joke is funny in U.S., not so funny in U.K. and not at all in China because we don't give a damn about Donald Trump. Whereas dating jokes is funny in China, not so much in America because American people are not used to like dating market. What are dating markets? So dating market is when your parents have more or less given up on the fact that you'll find a partner, and they feel they must market you in a public park. Yeah, so they basically like print out or they make little poster signs with your photo and your job, and like maybe if you own a car or a house, and then they'll like go to the market and meet other middle-aged people with children also that are hopeless, and then they'll try to match you up. But if you live here long enough, then you will laugh because you see that every day. If American live in Shanghai for ten years, then I tell him a market like dating market joke. So he's saying structurally the joke is the same in English or Mandarin. But you have all this sensitivity to the culture because the content of the joke, all the references, people really need to understand that to get the laugh. Like he said, language is just a transmitter, and some of his jokes he literally just translates from Chinese into English for both audiences. <laughs> we grew up learning English from English teachers or learning centers. So basically, they didn't teach us anything, like you know, practical. If we ever gonna come across a situation, we're gonna argue or debate or curse out with other English speakers, right? Everything they say to us, we understand. <laughs> Not able to respond. <laughs> Can you imagine in New York, right, Fifth Street? I'm standing off with an American guy. He goes, "Hey, Storm, you ass, son of a bitch, get out of my face!" I would be like, "There's only one way to respond. You too." <laughs> I think Storm is underselling his talent because not only is he working in a second language, he has to understand all these cultural references, pop culture, maybe hip hop, maybe sports, maybe the politics of another country, and he has to learn these things in order to write the jokes in his second language. Right, exactly. He has to work on the delivery, literally the delivery of the words, so that they make sense. And then he also has to work on understanding deeply, being immersed enough in somebody else's culture. That he can make you laugh, right? That's complicated. Okay, well, if language is just the transmitter, then what's the key to writing a good joke? Well, the key is to not do what Storm did his first time doing comedy, which is to just be kind of a clown with no real message. Concept they have about comedy is: oh, you only make dick jokes. You say ten times. On the stage, people will laugh. No, that's the mistake I made on my first attempt. Okay, you want to separate yourself from other comedian, 
So you have to let audience remember you, right? You're not a regular clown. You are someone who's making jokes as well as let them think. I mean, making jokes that like the primary part, okay? But you have to make them laugh. They put their guards down, guards down, right? Then you tell them the truth. They accept it, and that separates you from everybody else. So he's mentioned twice here. He has this sort of process. He's not just a normal clown. He doesn't just tell dick jokes. He wants to open you up a little bit, make you laugh, and then give you this truth. So, as a comedian in China, what kinds of truths can Storm actually tell? Oh, right. I we probably should talk about that. You never make jokes. Like I okay. I do some like, metaphors, but I don't. I don't go directly onto politics. I don't think it's smart. It's not. I'm like. It's not. I'm a. Listen, people. It's not because I'm a bitch. Okay, because I don't want. <laughs> I don't want my career end before I can do something big. You know. Is that? I mean, is that uh, actually? Is I don't know. Never happened. But I don't want to take risks right now. That's you know. I have to be honest with you. I don't want to take risks right now. Storm considers himself a truth teller. He makes controversial jokes, and some of the jokes that we've heard are pretty political in nature. But the fact of the matter is that his work is censored, and he has to be careful. Generally, just walking around, living in China, do you feel censorship? I don't think you feel it as an active presence, or that you have to not say anything. But it certainly is a presence in the background. Feel it, especially like online. Tell me a little bit about that. So any type of media that doesn't comply with Chinese censorship is blocked, and this includes social media platforms, search engines like Google,、um, any major publication or media outlet. So any time that I want to go on a news outlet or open up even Facebook or Instagram, I have to turn on a VPN, and so that's always a bit of friction that reminds me everything is censored and blocked here. All right. So when you're when you're out and about, you see all these cameras everywhere, and you're being watched, quote unquote, watched. But my feeling about it is, it's like who's actually watching you day to day, and also it's like what are you doing that's so interesting that deserves surveillance? Yeah, all my Chinese friends kind of feel like there's all this data intake, but there's really no like actual thinking or eyes or parsing of that information. But when you're making something that is meant to be published or placed in the media somehow, you are heavily scrutinized. Which brings Storm back into focus because the stuff that he does is actually being scrutinized. New York Times, right? They don't care about my comedy accomplishments. They only care about, hey, is it dangerous to comedy in China? How dangerous it is! So a little background here: Storm was profiled by the New York Times, and they ran the headline. Heard the one about Asia's comedy scene? First. You'll need a permit, and the thrust of the whole story was that comedy is censored in China, and this is where Storm gets a little bit irritated, because as we've described here, he and other Chinese comics bust their asses to make good content, and they're the first generation that's doing it. So the whole idea that this was like the focus of the article kind of irritated him. Will someone come up and tell you not to do certain jokes? They always they try to sneakily. Trying to post their Western bigot. Okay, I always think that's bigot. Every country has its taboo. Like no, like 
100% free speech nowhere. Yeah. Right? That's, that's, that's the, that's just stereotypes, you know. China don't have free speech. Do you have? No, you don't have total free speech. Nobody. And you shouldn't have total free speech. You always should be afraid of saying something that what makes you a decent person. Okay, if I can say whatever I want, I'll be a total ass. Well, if Storm had total free speech, I mean. <laughs> so, Cherie, before we get into like all of the censorship aspects of what he's saying here, um, let's just talk about the New York Times for a second or like a Western news outlet. Um, do you think that it's fair or worthwhile that they center their stories around his work being censored? Well, I think the New York Times and any reputable Western media outlet is sensitive to these issues because they are blocked. So it's sensitive to lack of free speech. Yeah. and I But I do think it's a little unfair though as well, don't you? That like he does all this work and he's, he's not seen. Well, I struggle with that though, because I do think the times has some responsibility to provide the context in which he's working in China. He's not working in a totally free context. Yeah. So it does impact what he's making. Yeah. So what is it like for Storm to put on a show? When doing a big event, it's just the case that Storm has to go through a screening process. And then you give it to which bureau? Your cultural bureau. The cultural bureau. Yes. And then literally somebody sits there and like reads. I have no idea. You don't know? I have no idea how they process. Okay. They just give you a permit a week or two later. Okay. So, well, basically he has to bring a draft, like all written up, his comedy set that he's going to do to the cultural bureau. Uh, they inspect it and then like a week or so later they give it back to him. And then do they do edits or? No, I think it's more of like a pass fail kind of situation where it's like either they accept what you wrote or they just totally say, no, fuck you, you can't do this show. Just to note, Storm has never, quote, failed his inspection. He's always been able to do his jokes. Do they go through the process every time? It's only for big events. So like when he does uh, shows at his club for just a small group of people when he does open mics all of that stuff doesn't need to necessarily be scrutinized so much but it's worth mentioning that open mics and sort of the stuff that's done in clubs around china that isn't officially sanctioned is in this sort of legal gray area and storm's pretty cognizant of that you know in China there are like different periods of times you need to be extra careful yeah right so during those times I'm extra careful I'm trying to stay remain low key a bit it's uh, at least at least like club level try to remain low key well there's a danger that they could be shut down right yeah basically you know what though like because your time thing pretty hypocritical because I bet in US you need to have this like not the same thing but the same equivalence maybe you need to have fire code in US if you do a show a theater right it's not like the city council will just approve a show hey you got 600 people just come in no, you need to have some sort of paperwork, okay? Over here, we just have more paperwork, that's it. Of course, sometimes they, they, need, your con- they need your content, but they, kept, they like highlight, right? They highlight that. They, they, they put that as a title, so. You know what? Western media, they, that's it. That's all they care about, okay? He's basically trying to argue that him getting his comedy approved and checked by the Cultural Bureau is just 
the same way a venue in the United States has to pass a fire inspection. And I think it's a totally facile analogy, but there is a kernel of little truth here that makes sense to me. The way he sees it, him getting his comedy checked isn't really a big deal to him. It's just something that he has to do. This is just another speed bump. The thing that the Western media doesn't understand is that a headline comedy is censored in China, but for him, it's not that big of a deal because there's so much more that goes into his work and the actual censorship aspect of it is just a small little part of it. I think we're on the verge of something bigger, actually, because the easy way to think about this is as a piece of paper, right? But what's the other way of thinking about it? Okay. I don't know. Tell me. So I think... How Storm might frame this is that, well, you know, I do a little more paperwork. I've never been banned. I'm getting famous in my own country. Like, I'm on the verge of something. But I would say that there are probably some reasons as to why he's not been banned, right? Because he is so used to being in this context where he has to watch himself that he already knows what not to say. He already knows what jokes not to submit so that he can have his event and he can still have his club and his career. Because Storm has never even ventured to publish anything slightly problematic. So basically what you're saying is like, it's already internalized. He's never had his work quote censored because he already knows what not to do. Before, when he's writing the jokes, he's already doing the mental gymnastics to tell himself, oh, I shouldn't go there. Yeah, he probably knows like, oh, if I have a lead on something funny, but I don't think I can actually say this, I might not even develop it into a joke. That's the way in which censorship and propaganda is actually most effective, is when it stops us from even thinking through the ideas that are not allowed. It's this framework that's almost subconscious. Censorship is all of the extra work a person has to do to make their words and actions align with what's already acceptable in like a broader society. And Storm's like already attuned to it. So like when it comes to like, I turn my comedy into the culture bureau, he's actually probably not that worried because he already knows he hasn't, he hasn't stepped over the line. So it's clear that Storm is worried about sort of crossing this line. Like he's cognizant that there is this line that he shouldn't cross. So I reached out to ask him if he wanted to comment about the fact that he has to think beforehand about what is crossing the line before he submits his work. Um, but he declined to comment. I'm glad that you put it in perspective for us because I don't think that the issue is as small as Storm tries to make it out to be, but I really do take his point on the coverage of what he does. I just feel it's so unfair that he and thousands of others across China bust their ass to create funny stuff in two languages. That means literally navigating the, the workings of two languages, two sets of cultural signifiers and constantly churning out new jokes. And it just seems a little bit unfair to only approach his comedy in the media through such a political angle. If our lens on Chinese culture is always so political, I worry that we're actually going to miss out on things that are really going on. Well, I think the story about censorship and propaganda is totally valid. That's something that happens here. That's something that affects Storm's work. But I think also the censorship and his talent, they go hand in hand and they're sort of inextricable from each other. And I don't actually think the censorship undermines his talent. I think it proves his talent. I think the fact that he has to work across cultures, across languages, under censorship guidelines, sometimes confronting media that asks him about the censorship guidelines, makes him extremely adept and nimble as a creative person. 
as an American that feels so wrong, right? Like, like the thing that we hold most dear is this idea of freedom of speech. And it's just crazy to think that you can be successful in China as a stand-up comedian without total freedom of speech. Well, I think that American culture or Western liberal culture doesn't think that great art can exist without freedom of speech, doesn't believe that great culture can exist under censorship. So I think that's something that we have to confront when we see someone like Storm, who in fact actually is funny and smart and has things to say, as possibly contributing something very innovative to stand-up comedy. Can I plug? Yeah. Uh, everybody, just... Come through to Comedy UN, everybody. Uh, we have Mandarin shows and English shows throughout the week, okay? <laughs> you can add us on WeChat. Just private WeChat, okay? C-O-M-E-D-Y-U-N-2, right? Private WeChat, C-O-M-E-D-Y-U-N-2. Comedy UN2, that's it. Can find more about us. That's it. And I hope to see you at the show. You've been listening to Strangers in China. Strangers in China is produced by Cherie and Clay. This program was mastered by Kaiser Kuo. Follow us on Instagram at Strangers in China. Follow us on Twitter at Stranger in China. And please, please, please smash that subscribe button and give us a review. The Strangers in China theme song is Analytical Skeletons by Caesus. Other music today was produced by Caesus, Piano Flavor, Fresh Boy, Lofi, Terry Skills, and Sachko. You can find links to all the music and other notes on our show page, subchina.com forward slash strangers in China. For all my real strangers out there, the bonus today is that you get to hear about the time when Storm did stand up for the Chinese military, which is pretty this crazy. Summer, this, this summer, I was invited to do a comedy show in Chinese military. Woo! Chinese soldiers, first person ever in the history, huh? Thank you. Also the last person. They didn't like me so much. So this is what happened, okay? So before the day, right, my agent called me. Hey, Storm, you want to take the troops? I'm like, yeah, I'm down. As I hung up, I'm like, holy shit, these guys are soldiers. How am I going to make them laugh? How can I relate to them, entertain them? Yeah, maybe watch some movies to get a reference on <laughs> So that night, I watched all the military classic movies. Like Plutoon, Apocalypse Now, Full Man of Jacket. Halfway through, I'm like, wait, 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 Storm. These movies are talking about killing Asians. <laughs> You're entertaining Chinese troops tomorrow. It's not fit. So I changed the movie to uh, Pearl Harbor. Right, the next day, I went to the military campus. It's really cool base. The commander, he's the boss, came down, shake my hands, and I followed him up to the fourth floor, which is the auditorium, for every microphone, stand, stage. Now the miracle happened. I shook him up. 
the commander, he waved his arm out the window. 80 vibrant, sharp, armed Chinese soldiers start to march up the stairs. They're not only marching, they're singing songs as well. Some of the songs translate to English like this. We gonna take down everything our way. Japanese Americans and UK. <laughs> and by the way, so 80 people arrive, 80 people sit down in unison. The commander sits right in the front. And he just slowly like a finger me. No, no, he didn't finger me. No, 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 no. no. He, uh, he points a finger at me. He points a finger at me. He points a finger at me and go, start telling jokes now. I'm like, sir, clearly you have no idea what is going on. So I whispered in his ear, I'm like, sir, uh, just for the sake of the whole show, right? Could you give like orders or something, let the soldiers know it's okay to laugh? <laughs> let them be loose, right? He looks back on Is that it? Watch. Laugh right now! <laughs> the 80 people start to laugh for no reason at all. <laughs> He's so funny. <laughs> they give me like military standard clap. <laughs> Not a clap you give me kind of weak and lame, right? <laughs> Real man. <laughs> and the commander goes, stop! You happy now? Go! <laughs> I'm like, alright. <laughs> I know, okay, it's intense. So as I'm telling, telling, doing, doing more jokes, of course they're laughing, because they were told to. <laughs> the problem with soldiers. They never laugh at the correct point. <laughs> They've never been to a comedy show before. Or maybe they never laugh in their entire life before. <laughs> they laugh in the beginning, which is the setup. They laugh in the middle, which is the transition. When it comes to the end, the punchline, they just stare at me. And ask me, oh, so why do you stop? <laughs> I'm waiting for you. <laughs> it's getting a little bit difficult. But I say to myself, hey, Storm, you are brilliant. You are most, one of the most brilliant talents in China. <laughs> All right, you got this. Okay, so what I did was uh, do a little bit of power with the young soldier to use him up. So I go, hey, man, uh, where are you from? What's your name? How old are you? He's so nervous, he's shaking. And he's shaking, making me nervous. Because I thought he's going to get up and kick my ass. So I look over to the commander. The commander look over to him with glares in his eyes. Went, Answer the damn question, chicken! The young soldier just stand up. Yes, sir. My name is Zhang Xiaoping. I'm 21 years old from Shandong province. I don't have a girlfriend. Yes, sir! <laughs> now, for the first time of the whole show, everyone is truly laughing at him. What was that like? It's all right. Actually, it's very relaxed, you know, like uh, then I uh, joke about. Because in the joke, I tried to dissipate, right, as uh, tense and quite unfunny situations. But in reality, it was really good. Yeah. Everyone had a good time, including comedians, including, inclu including the soldiers, including the captain, including the commander. Everyone had a good time, and uh, but they never had us back, so <laughs> they never had me back. So uh, I don't know what went wrong, but it was it was it was it was surreal. It's just they're cool guys. I I would say they're cooler than American soldiers, maybe, <laughs> maybe they're very cool. Okay, they're very very cool. So don't ever get brainwashed by the Western propagandas. Okay.
<laughs> no, I'm just saying, I'm just making a joke. Yeah, they're very cool. They're very cool, man. 